bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. We're glad you can join us. It's October 23rd, and I'm Paul Dragu. Despite the government's coercive push toward electric vehicles, the drive from gas-powered cars is running out of power. Automakers are cutting back EV production left and right. Also, over the weekend, two Chinese military vessels rammed multiple Philippine ships. The U.S. is bound by treaty to defend the Philippines. Is China trying to start a war with the U.S.? And a small group of rhinos sunk Jim Jordan's bid for the Speaker of the House. Multiple Republicans said a mysterious bout of death threats compelled them to oppose Jordan. Who's on deck and what's with the death threats? We have those stories, as well as an interview with Rabbi Manasha Bovit coming up. But first, where's the money? Remember when Joe Biden said that a few months ago, after reporters asked about an FBI informant who said that Biden received millions of dollars from a Ukrainian businessman? Well, the House Oversight Committee thinks it can now prove that Joe Biden personally received money from foreign nationals looking to buy favorable American policy. On Friday, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer announced that his committee got bank records documenting a $200,000 direct payment to Joe Biden from his brother James Biden and sister-in-law Sarah Biden. Let's listen to Chairman Comer for the details. This summer, Joe Biden said, where's the money? Well, we found some. We're still digging into evidence subpoenaed from bank accounts belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, and James and Sarah Biden, the brother and sister-in-law of the president. A document that we're releasing today raises new questions about how President Biden personally benefited from his family's shady influence peddling of his last name and their access to him. Bank records obtained by the House Committee on Oversight have revealed a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check. Here's some important context about this check we've obtained in our investigation. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received these loans, quote, based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections, end quote. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. James Biden wrote this check to Joe Biden as a, quote, loan repayment. AmeriCorps, a distressed company, loaned money to James Biden, who then sent it to Joe Biden. Even if this was a personal loan repayment, it's still troubling that Joe Biden's ability to be paid back by his brother depended on the success of his family's shady financial dealings. Some immediate questions President Biden must answer for the American people. Does he have documents proving he lent such a large sum of money to his brother? And what were the terms of such financial agreement? Did he have similar financial agreements with other family members that led them to make similar large payments to him? And did he know that the same day James Biden wrote him a check for $200,000, James Biden had just received a loan for the exact same amount 
from business dealings with a company that was in financial distress and failing. The House Oversight Committee will soon announce our next investigative actions and continue to follow the money. The bank records don't end here. There's more to come. Join me to discuss today's stories is executive senior editor of the New American Magazine, Steve Bonta. Hi, Steve Bonta. Hello, Paul Dragu. How are you? I am well. Had a good weekend for the most part. Um, this is, is this solid enough? Is this development, is this going to be the, the one that uh, the first domino to drop uh, the pre- uh, Biden presidency? Well, it's always hard to predict these things, but in my personal opinion, this is not nearly as damning as a lot of the other much larger payments coming directly from the likes of Ukraine and shady Chinese businessmen and so forth. This one is, although it constitutes a direct payment to yeah. the big guy, is a much smaller amount of money. It's designated as a loan, so unpackaging exactly what that means is going to take time. And it's not clear whether it's directly traceable to any of these malign foreign actors that previously have been mm. very clearly and unambiguously associated with Hunter Biden and with many other members of the Biden family. So I think, I mean, it's an interesting piece of evidence, but I don't think it trumps a lot of the stuff that we've seen already, which has been, of course, routinely but there's been no poo-pooed. So this will be dismissed as well. Um, what I would like to see would be a check to the big guy coming directly from the Ukraine or something like that. We probably aren't going to see that. Yeah. But you know but, that 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 would take it to the next level. I but, think. But they're saying this is the first. This is the first solid connection between his family members. Who I guess now it seems like the narrative from the Biden camp is more like, well, I have just I don't know what they're doing. Whatever, if they're, that's what they're doing, I'm not involved. But now they're saying, well, we can see here his family funneling him money that he got. So this. Well, sure, but I mean, looking at the politics of it, <clears throat> I mean, first of all, all of this is now diminished in importance in most people's eyes because of what's happening in Israel mm. in particular. <clears throat> People are worried about other things that may be more consequential. And frankly, if I think in direct proportion, as the House investigation continues to uncover more and more evidence of this sort, if the dominoes do start to fall, so too will rise the, the corresponding likelihood that we'll find a way to start a war with Iran or China or both. Yeah, which seems to be somewhat in the making already. I mean, we seem really happy to get out there in the Middle East, and uh, we're going to be looking at something that happened in the South China Sea. Uh, what do you suppose Comer says is coming up next? Maybe that 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 one link that uh, shows that he received money from foreign nationals. Or well, <laughs> can we be that I mean, lucky? well, for I mean, for starters, there have already been people, Congress, congressmen and women, you know, privy to what's going on, mm-hmm. who have said that so far, what we're talking about is twenty million dollars, but but in in reality, it's maybe sixty, as much as a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So that to me would be probably more significant in terms of moving the needle. Yeah. On, not to mix metaphors, but moving the needle on the public narrative, the narrative that the, you know, I mean, because if you get to the point where where there's a hundred million dollars pouring into the coffers of various Biden family members, even if there isn't the smoking gun yeah. in the form of a check from from Ahmed money bags in some corrupt Middle Eastern country to my good friend Joe Biden, uh, thank you for all your help, wink, yeah. wink. You know, and that's not going to be forthcoming, by the way. We're never going to have evidence with that kind of You don't of think so? No, no, of course not. Even if we get whistleblowers, because we've seen some whistleblowers, they've been brave enough to come up. What is it going to take to get charges pressed against, charges filed against Joe Biden? 
Well, first of all, he'd have to be removed from office. Or do you mean impeachment charges? Do you mean articles of impeachment, which are not charges as such? Um, Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it's very unlikely Mm. because of what happened in Israel. Everybody's focused on that. Nobody wants to talk about uh, about Biden family corruption anymore. It's being cleverly repackaged. It's just, hey, you know, business as usual in Washington. Yeah, he's corrupt. Yeah, we've proven he lies. But so do all politicians. What's the big deal? That's, that's so, so unfortunately, th- I mean, it seems to me, and you know, I think I think there's a Hamas gave the Biden fam- crime family a tremendous gift on October seventh yeah. because now they provide an open ended pretext for us to. Do whatever we want. I mean, can we we start we start a war with Syria and Lebanon? You know, because Hezbollah's there. Incidentally, today is the third the fortieth anniversary of the Hezbollah bombing of the U.S. Marine barrack, barracks yeah. in in Lebanon. So you know, we have a long-standing beef with these people, and of course, there's always Iran and in the background. But, but at what and point? So forth. So yeah. At, at what point does does uh, the rule of law kick in instead of public? Because you you keep talking that about ship public sailed opinion. a long time ago, Paul. For if you you've been so paying attention to the news for the last year or two, you don't think there's anything that'll kick in the rule of law and I don't know FBI or whoever. Ever say okay? It's time to start looking at okay. this. Time to start the taking- FBI, the yeah. federal court system. Well, yeah, of course. Seriously, <laughs> man, <laughs> don't be naive. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm more optimistic than you. I'd like to think that that at some point the the rule of law will kick in, and no matter what public opinion is, no matter how let, distracted. Let me just say, well, the rule of law is not something that kicks in. Okay. It either exists because people support it in the system yeah. or it doesn't. And, and I think we know where things now it are. Now it doesn't, huh? Stand. Thanks, Steve. After this, Jim Jordan's speakership bid is sunk. Looks like Tom Emmer might be up next. What's Emmer's freedom score? Freedom is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. It's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today. TheNewAmerican.com It's been 20 days since Kevin McCarthy was fired as the Speaker of the House, and the contentious battle to replace him continues. Last Friday, a small coalition of rhinos in the House denied MAGA favorite Jim Jordan the speakership. They prevented an actual champion of the Constitution and of the people from becoming the leader of the People's House. A mysterious campaign of death threats allegedly directed at Jordan opponents by supposed MAGA extremists seems to have played a role. Jordan's candidacy was voted down in a secret ballot on Friday. Now, there are a number of new candidates like Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer, who is also the House Majority Whip. Emmer's most recent score for the current 118 Congress is so far a more respectable 80%. Whoever eventually gets the Speaker's gavel is almost certainly it won't be a constitutionalist or a genuine champion of limited government. 
It will likely be another Washington establishment swamp creature committed to unlimited spending, open borders, and unconditionally supportive of America's open-ended military aid to Ukraine, Israel, and elsewhere. Steve, I found this campaign, this, this death threats that you couldn't escape, I found that pretty uh, suspicious. I mean, how come there were no death threats during the, I mean, they went 15 rounds for McCarthy, right? But this idea of death threats, you couldn't escape, as you saw, AP, everyone was on it. You find anything suspicious about that? Well, yeah, and of course, I mean, this is, this is part of what the radical left does and the deep state does. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a few years ago, <clears throat> Jesse Smollett, the radical left comedian, of course, staged an incident in an attempt to traduce Trump and his supporters, mm-hmm. hired a couple guys to, to beat him up, in effect. And they were black guys, and he claimed they were white guys who were, who, who were screaming, <laughs> long live MAGA, or something like that. Total lie. That so and stupid. smirking Smollett got away with the whole thing yeah. uh, and continues to smirk and make millions of dollars. And this is, this is the way the system works. So it wouldn't surprise me if something similar was mm. you know what what happened with with uh, with yeah. Jim Jordan? I don't see anyone naming names. I don't see any arrests as to who called in these so-called death right. threats. On the other hand, there are certainly a few hotheads, uh, hot-headed types among among MAGA Republicans. That but but yeah, the whole thing stinks to high heaven as far as I'm concerned. Right, right, and um, Jordan's people haven't said anything as far. I mean, as what I've seen is Jordan's people have said, "Hey, stop doing that." Who whoever's doing that, but that seems like a strange thing because I believe Mar- Marianne, what's the the congresswoman from Iowa? She said that's kind of what compelled her, and I guess others insinuated that compelled them not to vote for Jordan. Are they saying they believe Jordan egged these people on? Like, what what is what kind of association is that? Well, I mean, it's impossible to know. Uh, some of these people. These swing vote types may have been dissuaded by other means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by other means, I mean the means that everybody knows, ha- you know, are, are stock, part of Washingtonian stock and trade, capital stock and trade. You know, the uh, compromising photos that are going to go to certain people, you wouldn't want to see them unless you vote a certain way, all that kind of thing. It's not to say that that may have happened in. Yeah, in I mean, his, we don't know that. But when, when we talk about, I mean, the euphemism they use in the press is arm twisting, quote unquote. And arm twisting can mean that. It mm. more normally means something maybe a little bit yeah. less venal, but nonetheless very corrupt, which is, hey, we'll make sure more, more pork money goes to your district if you, if you vote for this initiative mm. or this, this person or whatever it happens to be. Um, you know, this is the way the game has been played really since the beginning. It's, 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 it's baked into yeah. the political process given the nature of, 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 of highly politicized human beings. So I don't know that's necessarily worse now than before. As far as Tom Emmer is concerned, I mean, his, he, he's kind of an interesting animal. I don't think he's going to make it because it's, sooner, it's soon going to come to the attention yeah. of the D.C. and Rhino establishment that Although he's not really a principled constitutionalist in many ways, mm-hmm. he's not where we want to be, he is quite a principled conservative on many social issues. And he's only gotten better. He has, he has some, improved. Yeah. Um, one vote doth not a Congress make, so we'll see how it goes in the 118th Congress. But overall, you know, he's been pretty – he's a staunch opponent of abortion. He's the guy that did the, fire Pelosi, the infamous Fire Pelosi ad back in 2022 that showed he, him firing a machine gun yeah, at a range, yeah. this kind of thing. So he's, you know, pro-gun. He's generally very anti, um, you know, LGBT mm-hmm. issues, although he was 
one of 47 people in the House to vote in favor of the the, the, the Defense of Marriage Act yeah. a couple of years ago. So that's a big strike against How him. How is he on the and big And also two? of the nine people, new people who've thrown their hat in the ring in the House. There's nine? There are nine, yeah. Wow. He, he, I, don't, I can't remember all the others, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but there are only two of those nine who voted to certify the elections, and he's one of them. Wow. So he's, quote, unquote, not an election denier. Yes. So that, prob- that, that might earn him some, some, some garlands mm-hmm. in the eyes of the D.C. establishment. But I, at this point, would be skeptical that Emmer would be able to make the cut either. How, how is he on, on the two most important issues, or at least that have been presented as such, fiscal matters and in Im- immigration? I'm not to- sure. I, I imagine he's probably fairly strong. Do you have, you have his vote, voting record there? I haven't had a look. I do. It looks like uh, he voted uh, for the bipartisan debt limit bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, no that's there. not a good So sign. that's a good thing if you're a rhino deep state type. Yeah. That means he can be trusted to keep the the, the, the debt and inflation gravy train rolling that merrily along. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he's his overall record, I think, tells it, there's a tale of the tape there. And, you know, he, he's I think some of his instincts are good. Perhaps mm-hmm. he's maybe a little stronger mm-hmm. than Scalise in some of these issues. But ultimately, yeah, from our point of view, he's far Less worthy than than Jim Jordan, certainly. And we, yeah. it, it seemed like it was close, like it could have happened. Like Jim Jordan was willing to, I guess, fight, but perhaps not because after. Well, I mean, how do, how does that work, by the way? After a third, uh, well, it doesn't work. It could have kept going. I mean, obviously, uh, McCarthy survived fourteen ballot yeah. votes to finally get get the nod. What they did was they held a secret vote. In, in, in why secret? Why hold a secret vote? Because that's what they do. They don't want the light of too much public scrutiny on their on their secret deliberations, lest they be held accountable by their by their voter base. Yeah. And in the secret ballot, apparently over half of them said, "Okay, all right, let's let's time to move on." And they turned on McCarthy and and, and threw him out like a, like a used dish rag. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise uh, not McCarthy, excuse me, Jordan. And so it, it I mean it doesn't really surprise me because what we're seeing in this in this whole process the, the, the great gift that Matt Gates and company bequeathed to us is that it's forced the stupid party to show its true colors. Mm. We use this term rhino which is kind of amusing, you know, yeah. it makes you think of a rhino and all this type of thing. But if you really unpackage it republican in name only it's not really accurate. According yeah, because they are being Republican. They are actually the true face of the Republican Party, the so-called rhinos. They're not Republicans name only. Right. The, they're maybe constitutionalists in name only. Yeah. But they're certainly, they are, the, the others, I mean, the rhinos are actually the Jim Jordans and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the people who are Republicans, mm. but whose heart is not really with the GOP program, which is to, to always and forever dependably lose gracefully to the aggressive de- uh, you know, agenda of the deep state, yeah. the radical left, sponsored b- primarily by the Democratic Party. I, I, we have a few seconds left. I want to tell you about something funny I read in the, in the New York Times. I forget who wrote it. It was a column. It was called Squishes No More. And uh, it talked about how normally, you know, Republicans are seen as squishes, but they said now they're not squishes because they're not giving in to, to the MAGA party. Isn't that funny? The MAGA party? Because that's not what we use squishes for, right? That's not how the term is. They misunderstand. Well, it. right. I mean, this is, this, is, this is the hopeful sign. In other words, what they're saying is that the so-called rhino faction, you know, is actually <clears throat> still driving the narrative. Yeah. And this suggests to me at least very strongly that, our salvation is not going to be in the Republican Party. Oh, boy. Well, 
I don't think we necessarily counter that, but this is part of the battle, right? I mean, this is going forward. It's trying to get these constitutionalists in, so we're seeing that. Thanks, Steve. So, hey, folks, be sure to visit thenewamerican.com for more truth behind the news. And if you don't have one already, get a subscription to the print edition of The New American Magazine. The New American offers in-depth coverage and analysis you will not find anywhere else. Subscribe at thenewamerican.com or by calling our office at 800-727-8783. That is 800-727-8783. And up next, it looks like electric vehicle sales are stranded, and is China picking a fight with the U.S.? In 1988, the John Birch Society produced a documentary so predictive, it's as though they had a time machine. Out of Control, Immigration, Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. Unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists, is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of control. Immigration invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash outofcontrol. America's electric vehicle industry is slowing down. Demand is nosediving and inventory is piling up. Earlier this month, the Wall Street Journal reported that Ford is considering cutting a shift at a plant that builds its electric F-150 Lightning pickup. Electric F-150 sales have dropped by 45.8% in the third quarter. Ford's now looking to make more gasoline-powered trucks. The auto company says the decision was influenced by supply chain disruptions and quality checks, and it's not related to the United Auto Workers strike. This is just the latest in a number of developments showing that despite the piles of subsidies and pressure the government has put on automakers, Americans just aren't buying EVs. Ford, as well as Toyota, are shifting their focus to hybrids. Moreover, car manufacturers are cutting prices, offering discounts, and resetting their ambitious forecasts. The cooling demand for EVs is the reason General Motors delayed opening their large electric pickup truck factory in Michigan. GM is also delaying the production of electric Silverados and Sierras until the end of 2025, which is a year behind their initial schedule, and it just happens to be right after the U.S. general election. Another EV producer, Tesla, is also seeing a drop in global sales with steep price cuts across its lineup. Earlier this year, automotive journalist Eric Peters told The New American that whoever was going to get an EV has likely already done so. Here's a clip from that interview with the New American's Veronica Karolinko. Uh, there's a reason why you don't see most people driving around in a BMW, a Mercedes, a Lexus, or an Audi. Reason for that is that they're luxury vehicles and they are luxury priced vehicles. And for the most part, EVs are priced similarly. So whether you like an electric car, whether you think it's a good idea or not, the bottom line is most people, the majority of people, cannot afford to buy a vehicle in that price range. EVs remain ridiculously expensive and unsafe. They're prone to catching on fire that is hard to extinguish, and their driving range is unreliable. And on top of that, the production and disposal of batteries for EVs are becoming a major source of pollution. 
So much for saving the planet. All right, Steve, what do you make of this? Um, I would gather that part of the problem is we don't have the infrastructure for EV, so that driving range, that's going to be affected. But Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, in a few places like New York City and the greater D.C. area where people, obviously, the average income w- would support you know, the, the buying cars like this and the population density and the infrastructure probably would, would justify it. Yeah. I suppose, you know, I, I'm not necessarily opposed to them. I think hybrids probably work better. But the United States is a very large amount of territory with relatively few people living in it, much much areas. I would not yeah. want to set off across the state of Wyoming or Montana on a camping or trip fishing trip yeah. in an EV. I think reality is uh, starting to set in. 9% of the population, according to a Pew poll, uh, have an EV, and it looks like it's going to stay there. We're going to look at our last story here. Is a kerfuffle between Chinese and Philippine ships over the weekend in the South China Sea a sign of upcoming war between the U.S. and China? On Sunday, two Chinese military vessels rammed two Philippine ships, a Philippine Coast Guard ship, and an accompanying military supply vessel. The Philippine ships were trying to bring supplies to Philippine Marine Station on a ship grounded on 2nd Thomas Shoal which is a small sandbar located in the South China Sea within the Philippines' exclusive economic zone. The shoal is a little over 120 miles west of the Philippine island of Palawan. It's one of the many disputed areas within the South China Sea that the Chinese claim. China has been aggressively trying to take the entire sea in defiance of all international norms. The U.S. is bound by treaty to defend the Philippines. A Biden administration official, State Department spokesman Matthew Miller, has reaffirmed that America's 1951 Philippines Mutual Defense Treaty also extends to attacks on Philippine personnel and vessels in the South China Sea. Over the years, China has become more aggressive in its claims over the entire South China Sea. It has harassed American military planes and ships in the area, and it's used increasingly confrontational tactics with other countries in the region. In August, a Chinese Coast Guard vessel fired a water cannon at a Philippine ship trying to resupply its forces on the South Thomas Shoal. Now they're ramming the military vessels of a U.S. ally. It'll be interesting to see how much further the Chinese are willing to push. In this case, one of the two Philippine ships made it past the Chinese and delivered the supplies. But who knows what will happen next month? Steve, what's going to happen next month? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, I think that the Chinese are pretty much convinced with all of the other major despotic regimes in the world that the Biden administration is weak, a real paper tiger. Yeah. And and, and, uh, so, you know, just a little bit of history here. Back in 2001, up through September 10th of 2001, the most significant international event of the year was the forcing down of a U.S. plane over the South China Sea by the Chinese Air Force. They, a fighter jet went up and flew wingtip to wingtip with an American um, surveillance aircraft over international waters, but which the Chinese were already claiming as their own, uh, clipped, the, clipped the American plane, crippled it, and uh, fortunately for the crew, the plane was able to land on Hainan Island, which is a, a large Chinese, a large mm. island off the south coast of China, at a military base, the plane was dismantled by the Chinese. The crew was held captive for a certain period of time before being returned. And eventually, after the Chinese had you know, gotten what they needed as far as all, you know, to, to, to reverse engineer whatever they needed to do for yeah. the plane, they sent it back to the Bush administration in boxes. That incident might have led then to a larger confrontation had it not been for the convenient 
9-11 terrorist attacks because what they did was they caused the world to forget an instant, the so-called Hainan incident, and also encouraged in China, the China at that time that, oh, okay, all right, I guess the West really doesn't care anymore. We're going to start building military bases on all these unoccupied atolls mm. and reefs. We're going to claim the entire South China Sea, and we're going to prepare to, in effect, take over that most important of all world shipping lanes. So, I mean, imagine what would happen if the United States said, we're going to annex the Gulf of Mexico, you know, because once upon a time, you know, our armies were in Veracruz and this kind of thing, and, and it should belong to us. We're just going to take it. And the Mexicans and the rest of the world can, can go scratch. Yeah. Can you imagine what would happen? Well, this is in effect what, what the Chinese are doing with the South China Sea. Well, but now you mentioned that we were distracted with 9-11. We're distracted with something else today, aren't we? We are. We are. And, 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 you know, we've been talking for months about the whole the Taiwan issue, which is certainly very combustible. But if past is prelude, the South China Sea is actually much more volatile. That's where, for example, on almost a monthly basis, Chinese have been literally harassing U.S. aircraft. Uh, a whole spate of new videos was released, I think, last week of yeah. Chinese fighter jets flying up right alongside U.S. aircraft. They did it on one occasion when there was a, a journalist flying in, uh, flying along. They, I think it was CNN or somebody like that. Oh, wow. Filmed the Chinese jet coming right in in this very hostile broadcast. Attention, you are flying in Chinese airspace. Get out of here or something like that. You know, mm. And the U.S. replying very professionally and so forth and so on. So this is actually, I mean, we're, we're, we're like one... You know, one firing incident or one downed plane away from a from a possible you know military conflict in the South China Sea. The difference between now and 2001 is that the Chinese have garrisoned the place. They've 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 rebuilt. They've built out of this out of the sea, dredging sand up from reefs and so forth. Have literally created artificial islands atop several atolls. Built these massive military bases. Wow! And so, yeah. So they've been prepared. It sounds like they've been prepared. They have, to and take they and, and what people don't understand is that they that they lay claim to not only the whole South China Sea, but to large parts of Southeast Asia, part of the Philippines, and so forth. It isn't just Taiwan that yeah. they're after. And, and this this would do well, like. Like these wars, Israel and Ukraine are bringing attention or taking attention away from the catastrophic Biden administration. Will this take away? Because the Chinese aren't doing so well either, right? This would take away attention. It would be a distraction. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Xi Jinping is suffering. The, the, the real estate uh, sector is in free fall in China right now. Yeah. They, just, they just arrested the head of uh, the billionaire head of, of one of the major, the largest real estate co corporation in China last week. Mm. Xi Jinping definitely needs a distraction. So does Biden. <laughs> so it's hard to know where all this is going to lead. This is so sad and tragic that this is what it takes and this is how things work. It's the nature of the world we live in. I know, I know. I should note that we are treaty bound to defend the Philippines and have been since 1951. Yeah. So this is not, if, if we refuse to step in, if they do, let's say, actually fire on and sink a Philippines vessel and we do nothing about it, that will massively discredit us with all of our allies around the world. And we don't even need, Congress doesn't even need to declare war to get into that, huh, since we have the treaty? Precisely. Thank you, Steve. Up next, Rabbi Bovitt joins us to discuss the connection between anti-Semitism and American leftism. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence proclaims God-given rights, and we intend to protect them. 
working with people like you for over 50 years, preserving freedom and building a better tomorrow, safeguarding the Constitution by limiting government power. We are restoring liberties, educating voters, and leading the freedom movement. Join with us. United, we will defend our rights. We are all Americans. We are the John Birch Society. I'm joined by a special guest, Rabbi Menashe Bovit. Welcome, Rabbi. I'm honored to be here today. So Israel's war against Hamas has brought out a lot of, apparently, American support for Hamas and the people of Gaza. Uh, I don't know if this was surprising. It was surprising to me. I don't know if it is to you. But what do you make of all the support for what is clearly a terrorist organization and what we've seen even on TV? We've seen the people of Gaza cheer these people on. What do you make of all this? Well, first of all, we have to make it clear that Hamas and the people of Gaza, there really is no actual difference. Uh, we're talking about a conflict, a war between ideologies and societies. And uh, it's it, we don't have the time to go into, into depth about this, but what we have taking place uh, in this regime in Gaza, which is called Hamas, which is a terrorist organization, its founding document is based upon the concept, it comes from the Hadith, which of course is uh, part of the Islamic tradition uh, next to the Quran. And in the Hadith, there is a statement that talks about in the, in the, in the days of redemption that the Muslims will murder the Jews and that the Jews will be hiding behind rocks and trees and that the rocks and trees will call out Muslim here's a Jew hiding come and kill him that's part of Hamas's founding document and the people in Gaza are indoctrinated from the time of birth with the tremendous hatred of Jews, as is all what people call the Palestinians I call them the Fakistinians um, their their whole concept, self-concept is based upon uh, a false ideology in which they believe that they were displaced from a fictional country called Palestine and that so therefore they can never um, accept a compromise in any way. People will talk about two-state solution can't work because their whole identity is based upon displacing the Jews, murdering the Jews, and displacing the state of Israel with a, um, a Palestinian entity. Now, here in the United States, how that's manifested is the left. This is a cause that's celebrated by the left. They fully embrace this ideology. And, of course, that's... Um, People use the term anti-Semitism uh, as a polite term for Jew hatred. Now, the the left embraces this this concept of the Palestinian cause, and this is right through all throughout all leftist groups. And so you see, right now, there's right here in New York City, there were riots, and there's certain areas that are uh, have a large Muslim population. They were rioting in their so-called protests on college campuses. The left has this you know, unity with Muslim groups, Islamic groups. We can call it the red-green axis, whatever you want to call it. And so, which is ironic because the same people who are now joining in with, with Muslims protesting against Israel, uh, they, their slogan actually is Israel has no right to self-defense because Israel is an occupier. So, and I'm sure uh, the listeners or the people who are watching this program 
are familiar with all the atrocities that Hamas just committed. I mean, not, we're not talking about normal warfare. Uh, the torturing of children, decapitating babies, uh, disemboweling people, setting people on fire with their hands tied behind their backs. The worst atrocities against Jews since the Holocaust. And yet they believe that that's, the left believes that that's justified. And the same people that are marching um, in support of Hamas, these same individuals, uh, are the same individuals who are the big LGXYZ supporters who support transgenderism yeah. and drag queen story hour and all that stuff, drag shows for children. They, they don't realize that if they were in this, if they were part of this population in Gaza, in Gaza, they take homosexuals and they torture them and then throw them off the top of buildings. So people on the left have no they have no grasp on reality. And that's part of the brainwashing that takes place, of course, throughout our educational system as the left infiltrated all the institutions of society. And uh, the people, they, they just simply have no grasp on reality. Now, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was uh, there's an organization called the ADL. Yeah. ADL, people think, is the principal opponent to anti-Semitism. Yeah, the Anti-Defamation League, right? Anti-Defamation League. And it's a venerable organization that started out as a branch of the B'nai B'rith, which, which, which was a Jewish fraternal organization. And it took on a task years ago of standing up. And, you know, at that point, uh, it was a legitimate organization in, in, in its initial founding to stand up when there were cases of different uh, cases of uh, situations where, where Jews were, were subjected to prejudice. But what happened is, like all institutions in our society, apparently, ADL was taken over by radical leftists. And the guy who runs it today, Jonathan Greenblatt, was a, was a stooge in the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they recruit radical Muslims to work for the ADL. I didn't know right? that. Seriously? Yeah, I just had a situation in New York where a, where a woman who had been an ADL intern uh, was caught ripping down posters that were so, that were um, showing uh, showing the public the atrocities that Hamas had just done. She was tearing these posters down. Um, there's other situations like that also. They've recruited radical Muslims, people connected with the organization Care, work. With the ADL, as a matter of fact, actually the the Biden administration, which is of course connected to all this, um, appointed a, a CARE as one of the uh, groups to, to deal with anti-Semitism. CARE, which is its itself an anti-Semitic organization, CARE is connected to Hamas, yeah. the Muslim Brotherhood. So CARE is this fake Muslim civil rights organization. So the ADL CARE is I, an acronym for for our listeners. What, what what does it stand for again? What do you remember? C A I R, right? It, I forget what it's saying. Yeah. What is it? Committee on uh, Arab, Arab, yeah, Arabs. I don't remember what the what the acronym is. To be quite honest, but um, I know what they're all about, though. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so the ADL. I believe their actual purpose today is to gin up anti-Semitism. Mm, it's the interesting you is, say that. The left often uses anti-Semitism. We, earlier in your program, you were talking about the diversions that are taking place right now. That So people aren't focusing on the corruption in the Biden administration. Not, they're not focusing on many different issues because certain things are out in front of right everybody's face. That seems like they're, they're bigger things. So what the left has done, the left likes to divert the population from what they're up to. 
And as they continue to corrupt society, they need an outlet because they, they will, of course, get pushback. So what, they, what the left has done, and they did this in the Soviet Union, they've done this in other places also, this is a typical communist technique, is they put Jews in a position where they could then have the anger of the population directed at Jews. So we know the ADL is works with the deep state the ADL works with the FBI the ADL works on trying to censor people the ADL works on spies works on spying on people this is all intentional yeah because therefore there's certain part of the population will see this and they'll say oh it's the Jews who are behind it all and this is a classic communistic technique and I believe that's the whole purpose of the ADL is not to fight anti-Semitism because even right now with what's going on in this country with these massive anti-Jewish demonstrations that are taking on that they're t- that are taking place today in which you know they're attacking Jews also these are violent demonstrations and they're openly celebrating the torture and murder of Jews the ADL their only response to it is if you go to their website is donate money to the ADL <laughs> well, speaking of info, uh, the, you, as you may be aware, the ADL infiltrated uh, the parent company of this magazine, that being the, the John Birch Society. Uh, and of course, the John Birch Society, they tried, they, they accuse everyone of anti-Semitism. So it makes sense that they would accuse uh, the, the JBS, which is obviously so false and, and, and I would say funny, but it's not because it's tragic. Uh, it's it's uh, the ADL has been attacked even by Elon Musk, everyone is realizing that they're not necessarily, uh, they're not what they say they are. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, they they attack um, everybody who's not an anti-Semite and accuse them of anti-Semitism while they coddle the true anti-Semites. I mean, they may, when when you have an Elon Omar or an uh, an AOC or one of these other people who um, say outrageous things, they might give a mild rebuke once in a while, but they don't really oppose them at all because they're all working on the same team. Wow. So it, it's the ADL is is fake. You know, we talk about fake news. We talk about fake elections. <laughs> oh, the ADL is a fake anti anti uh, semi, uh, opponent to anti semitism. It, yeah. It's entirely entirely bogus. Yeah. Well, Rabbi Bovit, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to have to have you come on back and and we can discuss because it looks like this war is not dying down. It looks like it no. uh, they're in it for the long run, and so uh, we wish. Uh, hopefully the best and uh, and uh, we wish you the best and thank you for coming on sir it's been an honor being here god bless america and thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the new american daily remember to visit thenewamerican.com for more truth behind the news enjoy the rest of your day and join us tomorrow for another episode <laughs>